Meet Dr. Frank King, the founder of King Bio, a local manufacturer of natural products since 1998 here in Asheville. For over 40 years, Dr. King has been helping people overcome chronic, recurring, and so-called incurable ailments while following simple, natural, and safe remedies and principles. Dr. King's full range of natural products can be found online at drkings.com. Or find select products at your local health food or drugstore, Earth Fair, CVS, and Walgreens. His book, The Healing Revolution, is available at drkings.com, Kindle, or Amazon.com. Welcome to The Healing Revolution. It's The Healing Revolution with Dr. Frank King, and welcome everyone to another uh, episode of Dr. King and uh, The Healing Revolution. We've got a different program lined up for you today. I'm excited about this one. I love it. Anything we get the chance to go on the farm, it's always good. I agree. uh, I agree. I'm a fourth generation American farmer, Uh, grew up on a farm, wanted to be a farmer, was planning that uh, after four years of business school, <laughs> I said, you know, I read a, they were, I took a business ethics course in in uh, college, and and they were kind of telling you who to you can have, who you can manipulate, and who you can't, and how who take advantage of, and who not to, and I was like so turned off by that, and I'm sure that, you know maybe it was just the teacher, and that's not all about don't want to bash business ethics, but they were in a sense it was really about what you can get away with and what you can't. You know, and to me, that would just was not even ethical at all. Right. You know, it was more how to stay out of hot water uh-huh. and uh, not about what's right. And so I was really, and I was really studying, you know, even though a business was, was always a good foundation. My, my two youngest kids are both studying business in college. So, yeah. you know, and that's what I recommended to them because you can always learn a lot about how to navigate life and do your greatest good with a good business balanced background. And I learned that on the farm as well. Farm gives you a lot of practical insights and experiences about life. Uh, And so I was, uh, you know, after about four, you know, finishing my last year of business school, my fourth year of business school, I actually started studying other things like philosophy and world religions and uh, anthropology. One of my favorite was cultural anthropology. And this was learning about how the other people in the world lived. And that time, this was in the early 70s, uh, you know, a third of the population of the world didn't sleep in beds. You know, so it's really quite fascinating when I started looking and understanding other cultures and giving broadening my understanding of people. And anyway, I got into living off the land and getting off the grid and was converted our family farm of 450 acres to organic back in the early 70s. Wow. That was way ahead of your time, A little bit. Yeah. They really thought I was from Mars. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and, you know, and I just was loving living off the land kind of thing and, you know, planting the fruit trees and, you know, preparing to be independent and even get off the grid at some point in time. You know, I studied alternative energy and alternative natural organic biodynamic agriculture. This was all in the early 70s. And and in this conversion of the farm and all, I really kind of got turned on to natural healing. And I kind of, at that point, that kind of changed my course Mm -hmm. from, okay, I thought, well, to help heal the world, you want to bring healthy whole food to the world, which helps heal people. But then, but it always came back to the people or that are the stewards. It's the people who really, you know, are accountable for everything. And it led me to healing the people. And if you work on helping the people become whole, then the stewardship of the earth will become more whole. And we kind of see that manifesting now. Whereas people are getting into health, they're demanding what? Healthy food. Right now, local food, you know, organic foods. And and what's that what is that doing? That is creating a demand for more and more farmers to convert. So it's really when you start with it starts with the people. 
And people, when you when you when you see the transformation in the people, that you because we are the stewards of the earth, then we start seeing better stewardship of the earth, and instead of the other way around. And so I really found the center was working with people, and so as we heal, and I got to tell you a little story way back. Um, I was taking a nap, and my little uh, niece come up to me, and uh, I was on the couch and trying to catch, you know, after a long day's work, trying to catch a nap because didn't get a lot of sleep the night before, and 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 she says, "Hey, you want to play a game? You want to color with me? You want to do something?" And I went, "I tell you what," and I, I looked over, and there was like I think it was a Life, one of those big magazines with a big, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's called Life, and I pull, I saw a picture of the earth, you know, from the moon kind of picture way back that they took. It was a full big page, giant page of the big magazines. Uh, and I pulled, ripped that out and I, and I ripped it up in about 30 pieces, I'm guesstimating. And, and I gave it to her and I said, I tell you what, here's you some scotch tape that she, you know, and she had her little you know, crayons and all this out. And I said, you taped the earth back together again here, okay? Just the way it is. And when you and, and while you're doing that, be quiet. I'm just going to take a little nap, and, and uh, when you're done, bring it to me, and we'll go do some coloring. I want to see how well you did putting the earth together. And just started just dozing <laughs> off, and all of a sudden she comes back. Okay. And she, said, and she hands me this big sheet out of Life magazine again, and, do they still have that big magazine as big as it used to be? The coffee table version of pictures. Yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. a big. I mean, it's the bit largest magazine I know of. Right, <laughs> you right. know, as far as size, you know, of you know, and and so she hands me this big sheet of paper, and I look. Every cunt of the earth is put together perfectly, and I said, "How'd you do that? That's so amazing. How, how'd you do that?" And she went, "Well, Uncle Frank." I, you know, I, there was a man on the back side of the picture, and I decided I put the man together, and looked, and the earth <laughs> took care of itself and came back together. And it's like one of those um, epiphany. What's the word? Epiphany. Epiphany. Make sure I say that. Say that three times. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, it came as I thought. You know, the, the lights just went off. You know, again, just a confirmation that. Wow, you put man together, wow. human, you know, wow. okay, and then all the earth will take care of itself, and that was like a great revelation Absolutely. to me. And from uh, a child, yeah, you know, this girl was maybe four or five years old at the time, from and a child, you know, and wow, she put, and she didn't know what really she did, but uh-huh. it, you know, it came to me as wow, this was an amazing revelation. So. Yeah. That's what the farm is all about, you know, getting good food to people and the natural healing that we do was all about putting, you know, the humans back together again and put people, help people become more whole. And because people are the stewards of the earth, then people will take better care of the earth. That's really kind of the revelation of why I could never give up farming because farming is such so many roots to that and connected with healing. And, you know, the father of modern medicine, Hippocrates, uh, famous quote, uh, and he was, you know, all about, you know, the people and putting people back together again. And he, so that's, Really, what it's all about. He says, uh, I'm trying to remember Hippocrates' exact quote. He had a few of them, and I'm trying to get one of them. Now, you remember the Hippocratic Oath? That's a good one always to remember as well. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Hippocrates says, Your your food shall be your medicine. And so, and we realize that. And so, I've always studied and going back, and the reason I'm giving you this history, because it all ties together here. Gotcha. And Going back to anthropology and what people lived, and I remember one of the studies that we did was of the Africans, uh, tribes that were called the giants of Africa. And, and we, there's many stories. You know, we read about, did a lot of research on the Native Americans, too, and realized 
what they were so healthy and lived so long. And, you know, the Native Americans were, lived so long that they did a study that were about the Civil War generals, compared them to the Native American chiefs of the time. And the Civil War generals were very sick, you know, had heart disease, diabetes. Uh, and the Native Americans were much older and had no diseases. And I was really kind of fascinated. And one of the connections was with they ate bison, where several generals did not eat bison. And, and fascinating, bison live like four times longer than beef cattle. And so these all these started to connect, you know, through these process, these studies over the years. And the, the Eastern Africans that I'm talking about, there were three primary tribes called the Giants of Africa. That was the Maasai tribe, the Ancoli tribe, and the Tusi tribe. And they all lived on what is generally termed uh, off of, they were herdsmen. And they lived off the Watusi cattle. Some call it the Ancoli cattle. And that's, we raised those as well. And... We have the largest herd of Watusi in this hemisphere, uh, perhaps outside of Africa. And we've been collecting them since 1985. And these are the largest horned cows in the world and dwarfs the Texas longhorn. And these Watusi cows, what you know, live these three tribes that lived off the Watusi, the milk and the meat, were. Men and women were growing seven feet tall. Wow. Hence, they were called the giants of Africa. You can search it and look it up. And what is it? You know, so we saw this connection, again, going back to anthropology and cultural anthropology. And something else special about the Watusi is they really are, best of all the research we have done, they are the prehistoric cow called the Aurochs. And the prehistoric cow... That's, they are the continuation of the prehistoric cow. Uh, their skulls are the same. Their horns are the same. That's why they have these massive horns. Why do they grow those huge horns? There's hormones involved in growing horns. <laughs> you know, okay. okay. Where the old term maybe horny came from. Uh, you know. <laughs> it does, yeah. So, you know, in, these are massive, huge horns. And you're welcome to come to you can tour the farm and come see these Watusi are just amazing. And there's a lot of blood in these horns too. So the animal has a whole lot of blood. We in the cold of winter, you can put your hands on their horns and they're like hand warmers. Wow. There's so much blood there, it's, it warms your hands right. in freezing weather. And these so these these are the direct connection to the Auroch or or prehistoric cow. And another connection, this is all going to anthropological studies again, the, they're the Watusi are the only mammals on planet Earth today that have what we call bifurcated spines, where the spine that sticks out has two ends to it instead of one point. And that bifurcation, they're the only mammal in Earth today that has it, and the only other mammals that had it were the dinosaurs. Okay. So this is, again, a direct connection to what we call prehistoric. Mm -hmm. So the Watusi are prehistoric animals. And why I'm getting to this is very important because this prehistoric connection is a key to our health and longevity. And so the bison actually have survived two ice ages. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. So another animal that we raise... And these are all the prehistoric connections, again, is the Himalayan yak. And the Himalayan yak are kind of like, I call them, they're like Asian bison. And they grunt like a bison. They have the wool, just like the bison. And, you know, they are directly connected, a very close cousin, if you would, to the bison. So we have all these connections with these animals that we've been raising, and we found you know, something that we're going to talk about here you know, is uh, a little more so is what we call epigenomics. And that these prehistoric roots are something very, very important because all three of these animals, again, you come to tour our farms, you get to see these animals, you get up close and personal with these animals. Uh, you can actually, you can hand feed most of the animals we have on the farm. Uh, we have big bison. I mean, it's something about these bison are pretty amazing. 
and their head will grow so big. A bull head will grow for 10 years. My word. Yeah. And the bison will live for about 45 years. You know, that longevity yeah. gets, I find, gets passed on. And that's why we saw this connection with the Native Americans living so long. So again, we have the Native Americans living so long, okay, and healthy and strong. Look at those pictures of those Indian chiefs, you know, they're all wrinkled up, mm-hmm. but, but you can see the thickness of their skin. You can see the, you know, they're not what, you know, when you look at most human beings as they age in their 90s or 100s or 60s, <laughs> you know, they're thin, they're, their skin gets thin, they look a little, they are, they don't, they lose their muscle tone. They, you know, they, you know, get kind of all, you know, you can just say the, the aged. Now here, the Native Americans, you see wrinkles, but you see strong muscle tone. You see, uh, you know, health in these, you know, in the Native American chiefs. Now this is before white man gave them all sorts of food and liquor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Poisoned them. <laughs> yeah. And. This is before, and so you know, they have this long, deep history. And what is the greatest research of what we can learn the most is the research of through what we call the tests of time and adversity. Things that pass the tests of time and adversity give us more than what short-term clinical studies could give us. Oh, this was a six-month study. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I have here. You know, uh, a six thousand year study, gotcha. you know, or or twenty thousand year study, whatever. However, you're calculating this going back, and you know, so these are the real studies that have substance that tell us things that can really improve our health. Yeah. So this again, we see the connection with the, uh, you know, the bison and the connection for the Watusi to keep just those two focused again. And again, the Watusi did what? They actually, you know, li- those three tribes that lived off the Watusi were the tribes, again, where the men and women grew over six, over uh, up to seven feet tall. And they were also the most fierce of all the tribes. Nobody messed with the Watusi tribe, the Tusi tribes, or the Maasai's. <laughs> don't mess with the Maasai's. Bad dudes, and, huh? uh, and the Ancoli tribes who lived off of these. They were they were known for being great dancers as well. And these people can jump. You know, I think a lot of the genetics of basketball comes from you know these tribes, and you know the you know ability to you know, dance and leap in the air and, and, and fierce warriors. And, and they were good with a spear <laughs> and, you know, they were powerful, you know, healthy, dynamic people. And that growth hormone is what it is. And we see this added growth hormone that created seven feet tall men and women. And what does growth hormone do? Think about it for a minute. If you have a lot of money and you go to an anti-aging doctor, what do you get? You get what we call human growth hormone shots. Pretty expensive. But you see, what what is it besides plastic surgeons that makes a lot of our movie stars and entertainers look so good when they, you know, I was looking at Jane Fonda on TV the other day. And I said, dang. Hmm. She must be near in her late 70s, I guess, right? I think she's in there. I don't remember right, but you check it up. I think she's uh, more, she's in the 80s. Is that right? And boy, so she, she. She looks great. And she claims, she said, hey, surgery. Right. But she's also had some other things like human growth hormone shots. She, uh, you know, and you see these things that they're doing. They're doing some, also some stem cell, which is kind of unique, mm-hmm. you know, going outside the country to get that stuff done. But. You're, you're seeing what is happening here is our human growth hormone drops off dramatically as we age. And when our human growth hormone drops off, okay, you know, you know, we begin to age much faster. And so what prevents us from aging faster is taking, keeping our growth hormone up. And so when we come back from the great a break, we want to talk about Watusi being this having this incredible growth hormone factors and how that helps us to what I call the Watusi, the anti-aging meat. 
Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, you got my interest up. Let's let's take a break and uh, and and let you find out how you can take a tour of the farm and and meet some of these animals up close. We'll take a break and be right back and talk with Dr. King on the Healing Revolution. Dr. King's Farms welcomes tourists year-round. Located in Leicester, North Carolina, just 20 minutes from downtown Asheville, Dr. King's family-friendly educational farm tour promotes health from soil to sustenance. Visitors enjoy breathtaking views of the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains while they learn about unique prehistoric breeds, including the American bison, African Watusi, elk, and Himalayan yak. See the rare white bison and marvel at the largest horned cattle in the world, the African Watusi. Hand feed and photograph magnificent animals up close and personal as you're comfortably seated on an open air trailer pulled throughout the fields. Shop our farm store after the tour or anytime you're in the neighborhood. Book your reservations and learn more at carolinabison.com. This is the Healing Revolution with Dr. Frank King. Welcome back to The Healing Revolution with Dr. Frank King, and welcome back to the farm. You know, I, I have a soft place in my heart for the farmer. I grew up on a farm, mm-hmm. um, kind of different from you. Uh, I tell people that I've kind of measured my success in life by how far I've been able to get away from the farm, <laughs> but but my heart is still there. Yes, it, I, I have the utmost respect for a farmer. Well, it's it's tough, you know. I, I you know the old saying is you can take the boy off the farm, but it's hard to get the farm out of the boy. That's so true, and this is true with girls as well, right? <laughs> not, not to be yeah. just quoting the old saying, and uh, you know, but you know. But it's tough. It, you know, farmers are at the bottom end of the food chain. Yep. And it's sad, but the middle people uh, in business are the ones that make the money, you know, as well as the end user uh, or end seller, which is, you know, the Walmarts and the, uh, and the large chain. chains, yeah. uh, you know. But bottom line, the farmer is still at the bottom end of that food chain. Yep. And it's sad. Uh, and, you know, we've seen the American farm dwindle dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen mega agriculture take over and, you know, seen the, some all the things that they do there. I call them the, the Montana, Monsanto people type people. And, you know, and what I see, you know, you see this swinging back and, uh, you know, that's good to see. It's, and I want to encourage everybody. You can learn so much being on a farm of just being practical people, you know, understand the principles of life. You know, we had to take care of our, we, uh, those animals. We all had a, got a show steer every year, uh, all the kids in our family. And they would raise that, how halt to break it. That's a wild time. <laughs> and then, you know, trying to show it, you know, fed it, nurtured it, cut and trimmed its hairs to shape it just right. And did, oh man, we were, it was like, you know, we were manicurists. We were, you know, I mean, we, those hooves were shining and, and uh, you know, the tail, we'd ball it out and, and big ball. So it filled in between the legs and, you know, yeah, those show animals looked like, you know, like, like the poodles in the Westminster dog show. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so they were, uh, and, and we just took care of all that and then we sold it, you know, and if you won, I remember the year I won the grand champion. And, you know, uh, and back, this was in the 60s, and I've got like $7,000 for my steer that would normally sell for about $500, you know, because it was the champion. Okay. And I'm trying to remember, I think McDonald's bought that steer. Really? And obviously, but they just, you know, they do it to buy the grand champion steer to get their name out there. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, but we know what McDonald's really buys. Mm -hmm. Um. So we were, uh, so that's what happened. And so, wow, that was the year. 
you know, I cashed that money and, you know, or put it in savings and actually bought more breeding stock. And I used the breeding stock and I built a herd and we were taught to be good stewards and built that herd so that when I was going off to college, I, you know, I was able to pay for my, most of my college through the sale of the animals that I was able to uh, breed and, and get back uh, you know, and, and grow my little herd That's of great, animals. That's a great and, story. And uh, matter of fact, you know, a little cute little story we have in our house. But when I was in high school, still in the 60s, uh, actually I went off to Ohio State University. Oh, boy. And I got certified in AI. And that is? Everyone thinks, oh, had, they didn't have AI in the 60s, did they? Artificial intelligence? <laughs> you know, I, I said, I'm, I, got, I actually have a degree in AI. And I said, really? How'd you? And I said, yeah, it's artificial insemination. <laughs> <laughs> so it was back when that was just coming popular. And, uh, and so we were able to buy semen <laughs> from, you know, you know fancy, very expensive, yeah. her, you know, winning uh, bulls. Right. And bring the genetics of our herd up much faster through artificial insemination, AI, <laughs> that form of AI. And... And so, you know, that's what I did. And then when I was going off to local college, Youngstown State uh, University at the time there, and I, you know, it wasn't far from our farm that, you know, they called me the bull. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so I had a little sports car and I had my semen tank with dry ice in the back of my sports car. And I go around and breed bull, you know, cows in different farms you know, right. in our community. Right. And they'd call, I got a, I got a cow in heat and, uh, okay. I'll get her up, go, yeah. caught up and, uh, I'll be out there in the morning and take care of that before I go to school and, uh, get up early and go off and, uh, breed the cow and, uh, and, you know, and then, you know, change clothes and off to, you know, Try to wash some of that barn smell off of me and go off to college. <laughs> Try to look good for the yeah, girls. I didn't want to be the smelly kid in school, you know. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. We had uh, someone come to our farm to uh -huh. do the same thing to yeah. the cattle. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so that's how, you know, it's one of the other ways that I also helped pay for my college education. Through the farm. Uh, through the farm. And, you know, there's an old joke we have in a family that says uh, – they were just so proud of me when I graduated undergraduate school in business, and it was, uh, I had I had impregnated over a thousand females. Everyone laughs. They say what? And they say, "Yeah, four-legged ones." Four yeah, make that make clear. Make that clear. Um, and so, you know, that was. Uh, you know, a little bit of history of growing up on the farm and, and learning, understanding and learning about genetics and about being a good steward and raising animals of high quality. And in my animals, when I sold them, I brought top dollar, not just for commercial animals. These are high-level registered animals that we bred with using our artificial insemination, uh, picking good exceptional bulls and buying. I would buy exceptional high-quality females and and crossbred them accordingly, and uh, in you know instead of a cow selling for six hundred dollars or something uh, back then, I was getting a few thousand dollars on an average. Wow! For my animals, right? And this was way back in the day. So this was um, it taught me about a lot about these kind of things, and and as I matured and grew and understand as we were talking about in the first session here of the show about the epigenomics and about the um, understanding of the value of prehistoric. See, we have adulterated, in a sense, I have to say, the domestic breeds with thousands of years of uh, selective breeding. For example, let's take the dairy cow, for example. Uh, the dairy cow, the Holstein, as That's, we call it. I started to say Holstein. The black and yeah. white one that we right. see, you know, promotes uh, eat more chicken. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that's a Holstein. That's breed. actually not even a beef cow. It's a dairy cow, but yeah. they picked that one. Who knows why? <laughs> Go figure. And, uh, but they picked that. And the dairy cow has an average productive life of about two years. Two years. Two. 
two, only two. And that's because they've bred them to produce like 100 pounds of milk a day. My goodness. And you see these big black and white dairy cows. They're skinny, but they have a huge milk bag on right. them before they're milked. <laughs> right, and, uh, right. And, you know, that's – and it actually produces, you know, and these are – in. They're only living for two years because they burned out. By after two years of production, they're toast. And what do they do at that point? They send them off to uh, that fast golden food restaurant arches. that yeah. has a golden arch. Yeah. Oh, uh, and you know that's sad. You know, think in whatever that milk is also found an adulteration in it called uh, where it's actually got a form of morphine showing up in the protein in that milk, and it's called. A1 uh, deviation of milk. And in that protein chain, there's a, one of the links that it has an alpha casein morphine 7. Say that. But that's a form, it's a form of morphine. Now you think, we start our kids or babies with commercial milk. We, you know, feed our, you know, raise up and we maybe even still, the ice cream you had the other night, Randy, probably had... Morphine in it. Right. Okay. So, so what is morphine? It's a form of morphine. Morphine. Okay. Yeah. So now what do you think? What do we got this addiction going on? Wow. Right, right, right. We get addicted so quickly to painkiller morphine. Yeah. Two days. Or you're opioid yeah. type of, morphine is a type of opioid, you know, opium. And so, and then you get hooked onto other drugs that are a form of opium and you know, in it, wow, all of a sudden, you know, we see this big problem. Is there a connection? Uh, how it's hard not to connect that dot. Yeah. And, but even though, you know, we can see that the animal has been adulterated so badly by our so pushing them and pushing them to produce more and more and more, that, uh, that desire in humans, we have caused this adulteration, okay, in the animals. And the same is true with beef animals. They're produced and pushed, 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 and pushed to produce the most meat they can in the shortest period of time. And, and, you know, we see this with the chickens. We see it with turkeys. We see it with pigs. We see it with every commercial animal. That This is done with thousands of years of adulterating these bloodlines, not diversifying them, but focusing them to produce more. And and we've got ourselves into trouble. And that milk is just one example of it. Obviously, we know when we start eating things like meat and doing milk, things it's kind of like in the we've heard about it in the ocean, where you eat the little fish, they have the least amount of mercury in them. Okay, the you know, but the bigger the fish, the more predator type fish that eat other fish. And each time a fish eats another fish, it concentrates that mercury. So when you think, oh, I'm, I'm going out to dinner, I'm getting that nice swordfish, you know, uh, and realize those are like one of the fish that has the highest concentration of mercury. Because each time it eats another fish with mercury, it gets more concentrated in that animal. Same is true when you, you know, when we're looking at picking, if you want to eat meat, which I found I tried to be a vegetarian for about six, a little over six years. Felt good for a couple of those years. Then I saw I've struggled with my health and had issues. I saw little things that I noticed. My athletic, my running ability was not as good. I found that, you know, I became, my immune system was not as strong. I started seeing myself getting, you know, having more health issues. And so I eventually found out that I needed meat, but I needed a good quality meat. And so the domestic meats have a problem that we can't fix. You know, it's an old saying, you know, you know, we got a problem here and a problem a doctor can't fix. <laughs> and that's it. A doctor can't fix that. Right. If we eat genetically adulterated foods, not just GMOs, you know, uh, genetically modified organisms, that's a problem, yes. But also the adulterations we've done with thousands of years of selective breeding, like we did with the dairy and the beef, and the pig, and the, all, all commercial animals, we have changed and weakened them genetically. It's kind of like breeding dogs. You see some of these fancy breeds of dogs that have been bred so to get what we wanted out of that as a human being out of them. And it's all cute and special, but man, they have more health problems in general than the good old mutt. Yep. 
That's know? so true. You know, so, so true. you know, good old, uh, my dad used to call a Sooner. <laughs> you know what a Sooner dog mm-hmm. is? Don't say it on the radio. Okay. I think, well, it's Sooner pee on the rug then go outside okay how about that can we say that yeah yeah. yeah. and other things uh but you know you know when i was a kid (laughs) i always thought our cat's first name was damn (laughs) 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 and uh but <laughs> oh, we have to have some fun. Right? Fun is a but the beginning of being functional, right? Amen. It begins with functional, and we have fun on the okay. healing revolution. So, but going back to the the adulterations of the domestic breeds, and so what is it that has not been adulterated by humans? Back to that bison. By going back to those prehistoric related animals. That haven't been messed with. We haven't messed with them. We try to raise them and keep them within their natural state and natural selection and natural abilities. We have not adulterated them. And so that's, we find, let's put this way. There's a great analogy here. If we can retain this and use this for the rest of our lives in choosing what we want to put in our bodies and how to live. And that is... In the the we let's just take an analogy of the polar bears. This is kind of you know a good analogy to understand this principle. And we take the polar bears out of their natural environment. Okay, and let's say we're going to go go up and let's tranquilize a few polar bears, and we want to bring them down here and put them in the San Diego Zoo. Or put them, let's turn them loose out in natural preserves in Southern California, out in Death Valley Desert somewhere. Polar bears. Polar bears. Okay. What would you guess would happen? (laughs) Uh, Houston, we have a problem. Yes. Uh, You know, those polar bears would not survive. They're not adapted to that environment. And that environment will kill them quite quickly, actually. And they'll have parasites. They would get things. They would can't handle the heat. They would die of stroke. You know, they would, you know, they wouldn't last very long at all. Well, that's what's really going on with all the changes in our environment today. It's just a little slower mm-hmm. experiment. Okay, we're all lab rats here in, a, <laughs> in the 21st century. If you want to put us in a reality here, now, and and the reality is that you know we are. We have changed. We've gone from our environment. We've changed from our environment quite a bit. Let's go back in time to call it the caveman, if you are, or prehistoric man or woman, you know, human, human. And in that prehistoric humans, what did we do? We kind of lived on, what did we eat? Did we eat a lot of bread? No. It was meat. Yes. It was meat. Meat and vegetables, yeah. roots. Uh, you know, these were the, you know, things that, you know, we ate for the longest time in human history. That was their number one goal was to find something to eat today. Yes. And if you didn't run fast, you didn't carry that gene on, did you? That's right. <laughs> you know, you always say, well, you want to make sure when you're out there in the woods, you know, with grizzlies or whatever, make sure you're, there's somebody that doesn't run as fast as you (laughs) and you're pretty safe. Uh, (laughs) And uh, the, uh, so what's going on here is we were able to had to sprint. We had to, and we ate meats and vegetables, you know, lots of plants and animals is what we ate. And they call it paleo pro, you know, obviously today. And so, but when the, you know, agricultural revolution came about. Now we started growing all sorts of grains and processing them and doing things and got more carbohydrates in our diet than we ever really were designed to eat. Carbohydrates. Yes. So breads, pastries, mm-hmm. sugar. And then we started raising sugar, concentrating this from the sugar from, you know, that was never really something you would consume in the wild very much. Yeah, you come across some honey. Yeah, you know, but you had to work for it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, fight two bees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you had to run fast, burn <laughs> it up, and you know. But there were certain basics here, and so 
you know, the, the agricultural revolution changed our diet, and all of a sudden we start seeing more diabetes and other problems, you know, mm -hmm. and things coming about. And then we then came the industrial revolution and all the chemicals, and we started adulterating food, changing the fats that we normally ate, and realizing, oh, margarine isn't so good for us anymore, like we were told by the marketers, <laughs> okay, that had the patents, that and then good old butter. And, and so on. So we change the fats. We change everything. All of a sudden, we see now the brain, which is 80-some percent fat, is now we've got problems, right? Dementias, and Alzheimer's. And, uh, we start seeing heart disease growing in diabetes and chronic illness coming about so dramatically. And that's all because humans have adulterated the food chain. Simple as that. Yeah. Whether you have a faith belief or not, but I say... What God has created, humans have adulterated. And when we adulterate what has been, and, but you can say it more genetically speaking, what we adulterate, what we have adapted to, we have, we have a whole lot of adapting to do. <laughs> and it's going to take a long time and we've seen a problem. Let's go and keep with the roots of how we were designed to live, in a sense, what we've adapted to, okay? And let's stick with that. And what brings us back into our healthy genetic roots the fastest? Would it be the genetically altered cows, the dairy cows with the morphin 7 gene, you know, thing in them, or the adulterated pigs, you know, that have been in the, in the beef, you know, you know, all these commercial breeds that thousands of years of adulteration are creating problems? No. What brings us back to our gen healthy genetic roots the fastest? How about the prehistoric roots of animals, plants and animals? That's why I love herbs. I love spices, things that have been here from the beginning of time. Let's get back to some of those wonderful things. That's some beautiful stuff. Our spices don't have to be salt and pepper anymore. You know, there's wonderful spices that we find are have these anti-inflammatory effect, positive effects and good things that help us. And we're finding these roots of these certain spices and plants and, you know, and herbs and meats and, and root genetically, you know, prehistoric foods, plants and animals, we get back to, there's some beautiful and wonderful things there. It's not like, oh, a sacrifice was a beautiful discovery of so many wonderful things. That is the fast track to get us back to our gen healthy genetic root expressions. And we'll talk about that genetic expressions called epigenomics and how we can change our genes. We don't have to live with the genetic weaknesses that we felt like we've, if we've been, felt like we've been dealt a bad deck. Now we can change that. Thank you, Dr. King. We'll uh, take a break, come back and wrap up our uh, program today on the farm. So stay tuned. Dr. King's Carolina Bison. Bison meat has half the calories of choice beef, less fat than fish, and contains higher levels of digestible protein. In appearance, bison is a richer and darker red meat due to the high levels of vitamins and minerals and the lack of artificial preservatives, stimulants, and hormones usually found in beef. Energize your health with Dr. King's Carolina Bison, currently available at these popular local stores and restaurants. Earth Fair, Harris Teeter, Fresh Market, Wicked Weed, Universal Joint, Juicy Lucy, Pax Tavern, The Biltmore Estate, Sierra Nevada, Natahala Brewing, Jack of the Wood, Red Stag Grill and the Grand Bohemian Hotel, The Grove Park Inn, and others. Visit carolinabison.com today. This is The Healing Revolution with Dr. Frank King. Welcome back to The Healing Revolution with Dr. Frank King as we continue our conversation or wrap up our conversation about uh, life on the farm. Yes, yes. And you can come out and definitely experience life on the farm. We do tours every day but Sunday and Monday. Uh, and, uh, you know, come and see. By the end of the summer, we should have our train finished, too, that we'll have a train Ride holds about 150 people at a time, and, but until then, we have a hayride tour that okay. you can that we go through. Uh, eventually, we're going to build this up to the, where you can even drive your own car if you so dare. 
you know, we can make a buffalo do anything it wants to do, so you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and do anything it wants to do. That's right. <laughs> and we're talking about purity and about the animals and the genetics and how that, you know, these prehistoric animals are our fast track. When we consume them, we get prehistoric uh, genetic in, uh, enhancements, if you would, uh, that help adapt us and get us back to activating what we call healthy gene expressions. To keep this simple, it's called epigenomics, but or it's or genetics. Uh, genomics is the sum total of the genetics. And what happens when when you eat and you consume these prehistoric plants and animals? The fast track to gene- healthy gene expressions. They've seen this with identical twins. Supposedly has the same genes, right? Right. But one one twin parties hardy and eats junk, doesn't take good care of themselves, and the other twin eats healthy, lives a healthy lifestyle, exercises regularly, thinks positive. The other one has all kinds of problems, thinks negative, eats eats negative, all these lifestyle negative things. And what happens? The one that goes down the bad, the wrong path, <laughs> you know, is has all sorts of health problems. Mm-hmm. The identical twin that takes the healthy path of lifestyle then does not have any health problems. Same genes. Same genes, identical twins. So we see what it does, the choices they do and how the, in lifestyle is so important. And, of course, medicine finds lifestyle is you know, how you choose to eat and live and, and all these things is vital. You know, it could be 87% of the outcome of our health. 87%. 87%. That's a so big number. It is. So, wow, we have more power than we ever thought we realized over the quality of our life and health. And so that's where eating the genetically rooted plants and animals, you know, prehistoric roots are what is key to keep activating our healthy gene expression. So it's when you do these things, lifestyle or in food and water and things of this nature that you drink and eat, now that activated healthy stuff, you know, natural activates healthy gene expressions that keeps us healthy. Eating junk and adulterated foods and adulterated things uh, will activate negative gene expressions that can gener- activate those gene expressions, can allow disease to take over in our bodies. Pretty wild. Mm. That's epigenomics. That's why we do what we do. That's why going back to all the, even the cultural anthropology and what we've seen over thousands of years, tens of thousands of years of what has helped people, like in the green zones, why certain people, their lifestyle and what they're eating and things they're doing in these green zones. And they're seeing people that are living in planet Earth today over 100 years healthy. So that's what we want to learn from. That's real study. That's real clinical studies there, the test of time and adversity that we talked about. That's what this does. That's what the wild animals do. That's why we raise you know, the American bison. You know, they've proven themselves with thousands of years of study. You know, why we <clears throat> talk about the Watusi uh, thousands of years of study with the people. You know, why Himalayan yak is highest omega-3s on the planet. Why that is so healthy for us, high elevation animals. Even though they're still here, they still carry those high, you know, qualities about them. And that's just omega-3s. Now, there's other things that we're still learning about the genetic makeup inside these animals that uh, we have yet to learn about. Uh, why, oh, even elk. That you know, elk and bison are really the true red meats of of America. Cattle, beef cattle, dairy cattle, any kind of cattle are not even indigenous to our continent. They're all imports. If you want to have really local food, okay, let's go with bison, elk. You know, we sell both of those. They're all around town. Uh, you, a lot of restaurants, uh, stores, Harris Teeter, Earth Fair. You know, we can you can get these quality meats. Uh, you know, and and be able to begin and watch you how you feel. I've been giving these meats to our patients for over forty years, and I've watched and seen. Wow! Not only do I, you know, all of a sudden my cholesterol is getting better, but all of a sudden I see I have more energy. I feel stronger. You know, I I feel. Uh, 
you know, my heartburn's gone, my headaches are gone. And they'll whisper to me and say, Doc, even my hemorrhoids are gone. <laughs> and, you know, we guys saw, and this is reality, we saw such diversity from allergies improving, you know, to, you know, improving in their weight. And, you know, you didn't see a whole lot of obese Native Americans living off bison. No, you didn't. And You really didn't. No, no. And so there's a lot of beautiful things that these things bring, and we've watched over our 40 years, but it has the test of time and adversity of thousands of years with these animals and with these plants and with the green zones. Uh, I'm sorry, blue zones. And, you know, so we see these. This is why I encourage you, come on out to the farm. Uh, you can schedule a tour. The tours, you can go to drkings.com. That's D-R-K-I-N-G-S.com's slash farms slash tours. Book it right there. And you can book them right there. Uh, enjoy uh, every morning about 10 o'clock. I believe there's a tour. Uh, and, you know, and enjoy and get some of the meat. You can buy meat on the farm right there. Uh, you can buy it around town. You can get it in a lot of the restaurants around town. A lot, uh, yeah. You know, from fine, high-quality uh, restaurants, uh, you know, to, you know, great burger places. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got a long, long list. You can get on our website uh, and see. Check out our Carolina Bison brand. Uh and also we have Dr. King's brand of natural meats. So that's where we, you can see we got Watusi, we got Himalayan yak, and we have even some of the highest quality beef you ever get that are both certified, USDA certified organic and certified grass-fed beef as well. Dr. King, thank you so much for the information about uh, the farm and all of the other health benefits that we enjoy by listening and practicing the healing revolution. Dr. King's going to take a little hiatus uh, from the program here and uh, finish up a couple of books you're working on, right? Yes. Got my sabbatical scheduled where um, we've been trying to get these books done and, and just the business of life it seems to just take over. Uh, and so... Uh, I'm going to take some time and do some very empowerment books for people okay. to empower people to be able to live more successfully, to be able to live more healthfully uh, and enjoy the, the many, many opportunities and blessings that life has to offer. That is my one of my deep heart's desires to really bring these vital tools of empowerment to the people. So in a couple of months or a few months, Dr. King will be back and we'll have new books to talk about in the healing revolution. In the meantime, visit drkings.com. All of the podcasts are available at iHeartRadio. You can learn so much by listening to The Healing Revolution. As an author, lecturer, and whole health practitioner, Dr. King has a passion for natural health and empowering people to reach optimal health and wellness. Dr. King's 40-year career as a natural Healer is all about equipping you and your healing revolution. Go to drkings.com to take free personalized health appraisals, including his whole person appraisal and candida test. You know your body best, so take back your health and awaken your healing power within. Learn more about the healing revolution by visiting drkings.com, where you can sign up for Dr. King's free newsletter or email a question about your health to Dr. King at thr at kingbio.com. And join the healing revolution. Say you wanna